where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Bring out the Zamboni! It's time for Curbside with the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi electric elite contractor. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie and I just became brothers, I think. We just become best yeah. friends? Do we just become best friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Certain kind of brother, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gary Davis, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalzer, and we you welcome into the program crazy. this uh, crazy program. Uh, <laughs> our guy. Our guy. <laughs> You're a pro, Anthony. Our guy, Chris, Come on, man. Chris Kerber. Who's an actual professional? What's up, Curbs? <laughs> Fellas, sounds like you're off and running, which is good. Yeah, no, we're uh, well. You know, we're excited about that the the back to back Blues victories uh, up in Canada, Curbs. What a what a couple of nights there for the the boys in blue or white, depending on what game it was. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to the these back to back dubs, Curbs, the the one theme that you saw in both victories was what? Uh, I just saw, I think, in the third period in Calgary and then throughout that whole game last night, you saw a commitment to game management. You know, look, I mean, that Canucks team is good. The other teams have good players. You're, you're going to get chances there, and, and, it's, and, and they're going to get chances. There's another team trying to do exactly what you're trying to do and to prevent you from trying to do what you want to do. Uh, but, you know, I, I saw things, and, and, and I'll go to this one specific example last night in Vancouver. The, the top line was on the ice with about eight or so minutes to go in the third period, and three different times they got the puck to the Vancouver blue line and got the puck in deep below the goal line. They didn't try to make any special plays. They didn't try to do something crazy at the blue line that created a turnover and an odd man rush. And there's there's times when, for example, that line needs to be creative. There's times when you've got a little more freedom to be creative. But there's also times when there's just the smart play. And those smart plays add up over the course of a shift and you take an extra 90 seconds off the clock or, you know, 60 seconds off the clock, that's big down, at, down towards the end. So I think that's one of the details I saw over the last two games. Curbs, as I watch this season continue to progress along – I mean, I can't help but absolutely love Jake Neighbors as a hockey player. Just watching him out there do the little things day in and day out. And I just I just made a – maybe it's a bold statement, maybe it isn't. But I just told these guys before we got on here that I see Jake Neighbors with a letter on his jersey in the next four to five years for this hockey club. I mean, how impressed have you been with him? 
I talked to somebody in management the other day that said that exact same thing. Uh, there's something Cam Jansen and I talked about this in the pregame show last night, Jamie. When when you get on, so for fans that don't know, you typically have two buses that that go to the rink from the hotel. There's there's a bus. So for a seven o'clock game, there's a bus that leaves maybe about three forty five, four o'clock, gets you to the rink. You know, at, at, at like four fifteen, four thirty. There's another bus that'll get you to the rink two hours before the game. Says five, right? And uh, and and a lot of guys take that second bus. But what you tend to see is players get older, the veteran guys tend to take that earlier bus because that extra half hour, 45 minutes of prep, one, it's probably just a calming thing, but two, it takes a little longer to get the bodies where exactly they want to get them. When I see guys like Jake Neighbors, Scott Perunovich, constantly on that early bus going over with the veterans, following the lead of Braden Shen and Colton Pareko and other guys, Nick Letty, uh, that's a sign. Uh, that's a sign of some very good things. Then you listen to his comments after the game. Uh, I, I sat in the room with him early in the season, and I pointed up to the Bobby Plager jersey that's hanging above the sticks. I asked him about it. His 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 answer was unbelievable for a rookie, you know, that was about to play his first full season in the National Hockey League. And then you look at him on the ice and go back to that. Uh, go back to the game against uh, oh, who do who do we play just a couple Washington go back to the game in Washington and Tom Wilson even though he had the shield made a run on him Jake got in his face at the end that clearly ticked off Wilson had him running around he 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 went after Zadorov last night for a hit to try and steal the puck you can't push this young man at 21 years of age out of the game uh, they have a terrific, terrific young player in this in this guy. Curves, I was going to ask about him as well. I mean, I was telling Jamie just the the poise that he showed on the pass to Bush Neighbors last night, scoring the the first goal of the game. What is his ceiling for his career? Uh, see, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like, you're looking at a kid that that clearly could get 20 goals this season just because he's going to the front of the net, and then he had the sense on the power play to make that pass to Butch Navich. You know, if in the end, and, and, and the game even from Braden Shen's rookie year to now has changed enough that that I don't think that you have to, uh, I don't think you have to worry about fighting. I, I think he will do that a couple of times when need be. But uh, there very much seems to be like a young Braden Shen in here. And does he have the ability to get you to 60 points, maybe 70 points on a given season? Yeah, if the talent's around him, I, I think he does. So, um, it's it's really quite impressive what he's doing because and and guys look at this like and, and Jimmy understands this guy, taking advantage of opportunity that's given to you. He started on the fourth line and they were happy with what he and, and Sunquist and Torchenko were doing. And then when other guys, when when no other guy on the right wing was performing consistently, he has worked his way up the the lineup. And then even when Drew Bannister came in, Drew adjusted the lines, put Jake back on the third line. What's happened? He's had no choice but to elevate him again. Now, in this case, even because of the injury to Kapanen. But Jake Neighbors is doing one of those things where he's just he's making it hard for you not to play him more. you got to love that. Curbs, based on what you just said, with Kapanen out of the lineup, and you know, Cappy was playing alongside Shan and Saad, and Neighbors had been bumped down a little bit. At this point, when you're watching the games, it's not that Braden Shan and, and Brandon Saad aren't playing well, because they are. They've elevated their game, too. But do you think there's a part of them that has been elevated because of how good Jake Neighbors has played as well? Well, I, I would hope so. I, I would hope that uh, I would hope that when they see somebody like Jake doing what he's doing, it kind of motivates them. Because as much as we talk about a team game, as much as we talk about team sport, let's face it, everybody's fighting for ice time, aren't they? 
I mean, you want ice time. You want to play. You want to be out there. You want to go. And when you see Jake kind of step up and get the opportunity he's getting and, and he's taking your ice time away, you know, Kapanen was playing very well, but Kasperi Kapanen was not producing offensively. And, and I think it – I think you have to accept that with Kasperi Kapanen, you're getting a very good, hardworking uh, guy that can chip in a little bit offensively, but I don't think you're going to look at him you know, for a lot of offense. Uh, it just doesn't seem to have gone that way for his career. So when a guy like Jake slides up you know, and then starts to produce, that puts pressure on some of those other guys. And, and that's that internal competition that a lot of coaches and general managers uh, like to think is a healthy thing. Yeah, do you think Drew Bannister has done a, a great job in being kind of cut and dry with his players? I mean, that was one thing that when Craig Berube took over, it was like, here, this is this is how we're going to do things. You're going uh, to, I'll earn your respect, but you know, you're going to have to earn mine as well. And and it, part of that communication was just being direct. Do you see this? Do you see something similar with Drew Bannister? Yeah, you know, we're, we're learning. We continue to learn about Drew Bannister as a head coach uh, as, as things go along. Here, he's a lot quieter in terms of just his delivery, right, in, in terms of the media and stuff. But if you actually listen to the words he's saying, he's he's pretty much every bit as blunt as Craig Berube has been. Uh, the, the delivery's just different. I was told he went into that locker room after the second period and uh, and, and lost it on on, on the team. It was, was pretty animated, too. So according to some guys, he's not afraid to get vocal, not afraid to yell. You just may not see that on the bench. You know, we haven't seen a lot of it. But there was something in his comments last night, guys, and, and to me it's like, man, you, he's a competitor and, and a serious guy. When he had a chance, when he was asked about the cross-checking, you know, that, that Braden Shen put on to Pedersen before the winning goal, like I'd like the National Hockey League to somehow explain to me how the Jake Neighbors cross-check was a penalty, <laughs> how the Krug cross-check was a penalty, and the Shen cross-check was not. Like, if you're a fan and you're like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Now, I'm glad it didn't happen, and there's maybe some justice there because of the way the Blues got hosed in that Boston game, right? But either way, that, that makes absolutely no sense to me. But when, when Drew Bannister was asked about it, and his comment was, well, I don't know, I thought there were a lot of guys going down awfully easy there. And talking about Ian Colgan, you're six foot two, 220 pounds. You went down pretty easy on that bump by Jake Neighbors. I mean, instead of standing up for his guys, throwing some shade on the other team a little bit, I, I liked this post game last night. So, I, yeah, I think while different in his own ways, uh, I, I think his directness and bluntness is uh, much like Baruby, very clear. Curbs, great stuff. Appreciate you. Have fun tomorrow in Seattle, and we'll certainly be listening to the call right here on the Home of the Blues 101 ESPN. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your week. Talk to you a little later. You too. See you.